What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Always So Podcast, a production of Willwood's Faith and Marriage. This is Dr. Mario Sacasa, and I just pray that today's episode gives you some comfort despite the many challenges that we are experiencing today. All right, well, in today's episode, I welcome one of my closest friends, Dr. Carlos Gomez, a psychologist in Miami, Florida, to discuss what the psychological research has to say about happiness. Here's a little spoiler for the episode. Happiness doesn't come from success or how much money you have or how many trips to Disney World you go, you take. So when we focus on happiness, what is it that really matters? That's what we're gonna be talking about in today's episode. And what we'll be diving deep into is our values and a congruence of our actions with those values together with community and friendship and how important all that is into our own personal sense of happiness. We focus on those things and then we end this episode by talking deeply about friendship and various levels of friendship and how to move friends from acquaintance into deep friends and why it's really important for us to have really close friends in our lives. When the show is done, please check out faithinmarriage.org to catch up on past episodes of the Always Hope podcast or to sign up for an upcoming marriage retreat. Yeah, we still got those going on. So please, you can see a full list of those at faithinmarriage.org. All right, everybody, let's get into this conversation with Dr. Carlos Gomez about happiness and friendship. Carlos Gomez, my friend, welcome back to the Always Hope podcast, man. Had you on a couple years ago and uh, delighted to have you on again. So how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Talking to you. So this is good. I always enjoy our conversations. Me too. I mean, we always are chatting pretty much every other day, I would say at least. And so, so we're just uh, recording today. I think that's the only difference between what we normally well, do. Yeah, it's a, so I love going off the hip, but now you're recording. So, you know, may people be blessed by our conversation. Uh, may they see the good in spite of, you know, of the, of the guest. <laughs> You're so bad. <laughs> you're a PhD psychologist. Give me a break. <laughs> like you're more than qualified to talk about what we're going to be talking about today. So, so all right. So the, today's episode uh, is. <laughs> <laughs> we will leave that for another conversation. A PhD does, definitely does not make you qualified to talk about friendship. But anyway. <laughs> or happiness for that matter. <laughs> well, that is actually a true statement. So, but that's all right. <laughs> At least at a theoretical level, you're qualified to talk about it. Whether it's practical. Or, or applied is a different conversation. <laughs> where my hypocrisy, where my hypocrisy hits in, I always have a data to submit. Yeah. That- <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep it as theoretical as possible for people today. No, just, uh, well, we'll be as practical as possible. That's, that's, that's the hope. Messing. All right. So today we're going to talk about happiness and uh, and friendship, particularly in its relationship to happiness. I think a couple of years ago, as I've started diving into positive psychology and, and its impact in my life, I read this somewhere, and I can't remember if this is just anecdotal or this is truth. And then this is truthful. I just can't remember the specific statistic that something like at Harvard University, the number one taken class was a class on happiness. Um, and I can't remember for the specifics if it was like the number one elective taken or the number one class among freshmen. But some in some sub-demographic, uh, a course on happiness uh, rose to the top as being the number one class that was being offered at Harvard, which I found incredibly enlightening. You know, when you think about the context of the students who were there, I mean, these are the most successful top 0.05% of brains, you know, in, in, in college, um, that they would be motivated to take a class like this speaks to something, of course, in their desires. Again, 
no judgment. We are, we're all looking for it. And so there's been a proliferation of books that have come out over the last few years as well that have centered on this topic of happiness, how to be happy, what's happiness. Um, movies, of course, that have touched on these themes um, that in definitely a, a universal quest that we all have is, is the pursuit of happiness. Um, so really, I guess the, the first place that we want to start today is by talking about how we define happiness. And when I look at the literature uh, related to happiness, I see three different kind of dimensions, I would say, that, that speak about it. We could talk about happiness as an emotional response to something that happens, of course, something that elicits a happiness. We go to Disney World, happiest land on earth. You know, that's, that's how it's referred to um, for right reason, because we, we have this incredible delightful emotional response when we are there at the Magic Kingdom or any of the Disney parks. <laughs> so just, so just two is. things, Mario. Let me, let, me, let, me let me finish. Yeah, go on. Two more things here. And then we can dive deep into each of these before we kind of get moving. Um, a, a personality trait, we talk about optimism and, and whether or not optimism is just a personality trait or somebody who's just typically a more cheerful person, happier person than, than, than somebody else. Um, or is it more of an enduring state, you know, when we think of like joy, or something of that nature. So what do you think about these three different def definitions or frameworks? Um, I'm certainly one eager to hear what your perspectives are on this um, in your own personal research and in life as well. Um, so yeah, man, what, what do you think about how we define happiness? So, um, you know, a couple of things. I think the first thing, um, just to clarify, because you know, I'm a information, but it's actually, it's psychology, and I looked it up and I have the internet in front of me too. <laughs> but there's psychology and the good life is like it was a class at Yale University, and you're absolutely right. It, it is the most um, with the highest enrollment, you know, because um, you know, and so so so, so that's one thing. Um, you know, and the other thing I was thinking about Disney World. You know, I think so. Beginning with um, it, beginning with with the with the concept, and please help me. So mm -hmm. the concept of you know, the, I would say the infantile. When we're when if you ask a child what is happiness, happiness is going to Disney World. Absolutely. What is happiness? Happiness is getting whatever I want. Happiness is, is being the most popular kid in school. Happiness is being the best athlete. Happiness is very much defined by um, some sort of interaction between me and the world where I am somehow having mastery or having my senses, my my pleasures, that which I desire. But yeah, very, very hedonistic. And, and we know that little kids are hedonistic by nature. Um, you know, uh, but but what's interesting about it, though, even when you go to Disney World, um, you see a lot of very unhappy kids. Usually, <laughs> you see a lot. That's <laughs> true. So, so, so no, but, 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 but and, I, and I use that and I love that example. No, no, it's but no, but it is a reality that we can pursue happiness. But unless we have clarity of what the happiness is, many people you know, it's one of the things you you see even in literature, the villain often thinks are pursuing the good. So the question is, if we are not clear of what the good is, if we're not clear of what the good is that we're seeking, then our pursuit for happiness could be in complete vain or it can be incomplete in, in, in the opposite. So there's a hedonistic perspective or the maximizing of experience and pleasure, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because even within there, you have a, a subgroup, and I don't want to get too heady in it, but it's a subgroup of those, well, the Epicureans, right? Which is the which is the the snobs, you know, those who and and there's some degree this there this truth, right? In other words, or pursuing the good things in life, you know, and, and so the, in that snobbery, there's or seeking the good 
when it's material or or absent of a whole person, you you get you get lost. So as we have this conversation, I would like to encourage you, you, your listeners um, to to take a minute and and examine one's own life um, in this, and how does this apply to to one's life? Um, because in times of suffering, it's very easy for us to seek that pleasure. Right. So I think that that's that's the point right there is that. It seems that even with all this material wealth that's happened and all the opportunities for happiness at a material level, a class like the good life would still rise to the tops at a school such as Yale, that a recognition that some, somehow that, that it's great with regards to uh, being and having this happiness as an emotional state, feeling it, recognizing it, experiencing it is good for sure. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing sinful going to Disney World. You know, there's nothing sinful going on a, on a great family vacation. I know Kristen and I, we don't go to Disney World, but we go to the mountains. And for us, it's a, it's, a, it's our happy place. You joke about that, but that is our happy place because we do feel something substantial that's there. Now, if I see so that- let, let me ask you a question right now. What makes it your happy place? Please define- Well, let me get to a, that. A theory for my, I'll get to that in yeah. a second. But I guess I'm saying that like, it, the pursuit of these these- States or or, the, or 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 vacations or places or whatever in and of itself, we're not saying is, is is wrong or is bad. It's actually good. It's the problem when 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 it becomes the sole definition of your happiness, and it becomes the sole definition of of how you how you find uh, some sense of meaning or happiness in your life. And so I would say, I think it, you know, for me, it, it's it, this is my definition of happiness. <clears throat> Excuse me. Awareness of one's personal values. And then living your life in accordance with that value set. And so when there is um, synergy or integration or ba- I don't I don't I don't I really don't like the word balance no, because no. I think balance it, sometimes it, 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 no, feels no, it, it, stay with synergy. synergy. You, know, uh, it, you know when there's when there's congruence. That's the word I'm looking for between yes between how I'm I what my values are in life, and then how I actually live my life in terms of actualizing mm-hmm. that value set. I think that's the happy man. Now that begs the question: a couple of things. One is happiness. What are your values then? You know, we've joked about uh, the movie Tangled, which I, I absolutely love. You know, but the the, the, the <laughs> I have a dream song. You know, at, at the very end, you know, when, when well, which which you know is which you know is a Monty Python knockoff. Oh, right? for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, because they even they even look like Monty Python. You know, characters. It's, it's a Monty Python. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. yeah, hundred percent. And so, so the the, the I have a dream song. You know, at the very end, when 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 these ruffians are are getting are allowing, uh, you know, Rapunzel and um, Flint Rider, you know, out of the, the 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 cellar of the bar, you know, he's like, I'm doing it because you know, go live your dream. And Flint Rider's like, Oh, thanks, man. I'm glad you like my dream. And the guy's like, No, your dreams suck. It's uh, it's it, Rapunzel's dreams are better. You know, like, you know. So there's and and, and, and what was her dream? Her dream was to see the stars. Her dream was to see the stars, to see the, to see the, the beauty, to see the beauty in life, to find an answer. Why? Why do yes. these things happen? I, mean, I can. I love Tangled. I can talk about Tangled all day. No, okay, but so, but, so, but, but but that's exactly that. What she's desiring is understanding. It's like, why do these stars keep coming up? during my birthday. This means something. There's a calling. It's like they're calling me. I have to understand what this means. So so I have to pursue that. What was his dream? Have a big pile of money and live on an island by himself, you know? And the guy's like, well, your dreams stink. You know, I don't know what to say. Like, that's just what it is. And so when we go back to this definition wait, of wait, wait, Which is ironic because you, you, you think of thugs as people who are trying to what? To just take whatever they can. Yeah, well, that's that's the Monty Python element of the whole song. Is that no, no, all, but, but, all but, what did she, but, but no, no, but what did she do for her? 
so why are why is Rapunzel? Let me let go, I'm, I'm not going to deep dive in Rapunzel. I'm just I'm no, just no no but no no but, 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 but stay with me. This, this Mario and I are like brothers, so so you know it, sometimes it's like click and clack. Okay, if you for those of you been around, you know. But the thing is, and we really are, you know. I don't have any brothers, so so Mario is stuck being my my brother. Yeah, I, you know? I get to edit, which is nice because I have final say. Yeah, makes it so that's nice. Yeah, that's true, and and. and and I trust you, which one of why I, you're the only person I'll, I'll ramble with, like this being recorded. But no, but 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 this is but this is the challenge here. She comes in and she is able to inspire in each one of them something bigger that they have forgotten about. And, and that's where I'm going with it. I'm not trying to stay with it. Is you know, one of them wants to bake cupcakes, whatever it is, you know, that, you know, it's it's kind of ironic, but the reality is that. Uh, no matter where we are in our lives, there is a desire for good. There's a desire for happiness, and that happiness, um, if you, it's it, it has comes with wholeness. It, so I love the word synergistic and congruence. Those are two of my favorite words because they both fit. Um, it's the, the 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 you can look at the Olympic athlete, okay, and the reality is some of that research is that they, when you have a really big goal like that. You temporarily, hopefully only temporarily, have to sacrifice other elements of your health and happiness. If you look at health as a whole life approach for that one element, which in, in running, they will call it peaking. You know, when you have to, when you're preparing to peak and when somebody's peaking, you can only peak a few times a year or you destroy your body. So, so the, the, the idea here is that there in, and, and, and to add a piece what you said, in the happiness, there's this hedonic happiness. But there's also a side of which is the opposite, which is that which is ultimately it, it shouldn't be about pleasure. It should only be about virtue and only about good. And we have to find that in between. The reality that uh, in theology of body, we you know you see how everything God wants us to be happy, and God wants us to have pleasure, and God wants us to enjoy each other, and um, and God wants us to enjoy creation. So those things that the hiddenness we'll talk about perhaps is the, the eating uh the drinking um you know the you know the interaction with others the sexuality all those things all that are stuff. needed for life all the fun stuff are, it's also the good stuff and the good stuff in right order in right order when you have your values when you have your priorities straight when you understand that there are that's principles it. that are override and this is a problem we live in a culture that's relativistic, but there are principles. There is truth. And I know your audience is an audience who, you know, this is a basic premise, right? So if you begin the premise that there is truth, that is objective, that there are principles and there are values and there are things that are universal where you can, if you have, if you have, you can have a virtue and that's a whole other conversation and not enough of it, it's called a vice, mm -hmm. but too much of it is also a vice. Mm -hmm. So sloth is a lack of a purpose, right? But, you know, excessive ambition is what brings out, has, you know, in literature, we see how in story, I say literature, but stories, right. I mean, you know, they, we, we see it, how excessive ambition also brings somebody down. So the question is, how do I find happiness for me? What is wholeness and wellness for me? And how, and what is my journey? I was, Mario and I were talking about how I feel like a hypocrite every time I talk about this topic because I'm not there yet. But the reality is, is the journey that we're on is a hero's journey, our, you know, in our life. Our journey seeking the good, seeking what is that which is going to complete us and including sacrifice is a big part of the process to happiness. 
Which is why then, you know, we talk about congruence between our value set and an actualization of those values, which means that we have to be um, understanding what our values are. And we have to be open to recognize that sometimes the things that, that we value are in fact not the highest good and not the highest ideal. And there has to be a, a shedding of, um, of lesser values to attain the highest good. And so that that's the process. That's the spiritual life. I mean, you talk about um, the yeah. the the um, uh, the different dark nights, for example, the dark night of the senses, and of course, the dark night of the soul, which which few people achieve here on this side of Earth. But that that there's why does God pull back? Well, sometimes God pulls back because He's changing. He's changing our understanding of our relationship with Him. He's He's not. It's not that He's changing it. He's going deeper. He's reinforcing. He wants to. He wants to reveal himself in a deeper way, which is often what suffering encourages us to do, is to shed the, the values so that we can we can find the greatest good in the midst of that and then align ourselves to that greatest good. And so it is a process of both right refinement of what our value set is, but then also a refinement of our of our behaviors towards that. And so again, that doesn't and, and, and mean. I, and, I, and I would add prayer. And I would add prayer. Prayer, of course, is, is prayer is, is, and prayer and accountability. Finding people which will lead us, who will help us know when we're, you know you've done that for me a few times when when we're going off the path, because the the opposite word is seduction. Right. You know what you're talking about when we get sucked into thinking something is good but it's not good is what a seduction. We get seduced by those things that are contrary to the greatness that we, we were made for. So. The reason that this process is important is it, it may seem self-evident and it probably is. I think we all can kind of recognize, well, generally you just want to be able to, to live happier and be happier. You know, that's just a goal. But there, but the psych, psychological research on happiness really supports that notion very clearly. And here's a quote from the book, Happiness Advantage by um, Sean Aker, that he says this. Mm -hmm. He says, happiness leads to success in nearly every domain, including work, mm -hmm. health, friendships, sociability, creativity, and energy. It also equates to us living longer. Um, people, happier people, tend to to live longer. Then Sean Aker in this book is really trying to 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 change the narrative that we think that being successful. Back to the Olympic athletes, we think that once we we will be happy once we get the gold medal. That's actually not the case. We're happy along the way, and the gold medal is 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 just something that's added to already as being happy. People who are happier aren't aren't. Um, Success comes from happiness, not not the other way around, you know. And I think that's what we've seen. Like even Michael Michael Phelps, who this is wonderful, recently said, you know, he was the most decorated Olympian, American Olympian of all time, and and he struggled with depression for years uh, because it wasn't enough. And so again, here's a refinement of your value set. You think that you want to put getting gold medals as many gold medals as as the top of the list. Well, once you've achieved that, you realize this ain't making me happy. So I have to reassess what my values are so that I can live in greater accordance with that. It's not to discredit the achievement, of course, because the achievement is, is incredible, but it but it's recognizing that that happiness actually precedes success um, and it comes before. So when we have this disposition of knowing what it is that we're looking for, of knowing what we're trying to seek, then when we're actually seeking that, man, that's, that, that's the gold. That's the gold right there. All right. So you're seeing, what you're seeing right now is really, really... I would say um, very bold. You're saying that, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but I, I, I'm sure your listeners are are hearing. You know, everything you're saying is absolutely backed by, but by, by what I've seen in the literature. So you're saying that 
I, I can't wait for happiness to happen, but I have to pursue happiness and other things then will happen. If, if I know, if I know what I'm genuinely seeking in life, um, then in and of itself, I'm already half of the equation. I, at least that, at least that. I, there's a quote and I wish I knew where they came from. It said, luck is when, when preparation meets opportunity. Well, I mean, we go back to another Disney movie, Disney Pixar. No, 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 This is what Edna says to, uh, to Helen, you know, says luck favors the prepared, darling. You know, it's, it's okay. exactly that, you know, that when yeah. you, when you, and this is things that I'll say for my own self that like I've waited. I mean, like, I feel like my whole life I've been like waiting for opportunities to come my way and somehow like put myself and I'm like, oh, let me, let me see, let me, let's see, let's kind of finagle this or whatever. And at some point I realized, you know what? I don't need to wait for like a publisher to call me or I need to wait mm -hmm. for somebody to call. I can actually do this on my own. I can, I can hit record. I can start the podcast. I can get my information out and then it can find an audience organically and praise God that it does that. But, I, but this podcast, for example, for me, is something that I had wanted to do. And I've said this before. I wanted to do the podcast probably three years before I actually even hit record. And that was because I was waiting and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm afraid and I don't know. And I this insecurity, whatever. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. I just got over myself and I actually started hitting record and, 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 and doing it. And I've been blessed to be able to, to hear people's stories of how this show has, has helped folks. Um, and so and, and what's interesting about that, and then there's two things there. And I love that you said, um, a few things, actually, I mean, we're going to, you know, there's a lot here. To think so about much to hopefully, about, hopefully so your listeners will find something here that will, will, will strike them as interesting. But I think that it's one of the things that we decided to do is just to flow today. Um, and one of the things that you said there is, it's fast because, you know, we, I, like, I like to go back to the Bible. You know, we've talked about this, how. You see, for example, um, I think it was, yeah, it was Moses who had a sense that God was calling him to liberate the Jews. Mm -hmm. So what does he do? What's, young Moses does what? It's, it's, Mario, he kills the Egyptian. And then goes into hiding. And then much later, he is actually able to bring it out. So... Um, there is a preparation in us that also needs to happen. So some of us may have ventured a little too early mm -hmm. and um, there's no judgment there. It's just what it is, is, you know, it is what it is, like, you know, <laughs> but I mean, but just because we venture someone, there's a heart and if the desire remains in someone's heart, the question is, how is this desire supposed to be? Because many times I believe happiness, I believe there is a, because in my own faith, I say I believe. I'm nothing as psychologist now. I'm talking about is a as a, as a 48 year old man who's been probably around longer than I'm going to be around on the other end. Um, uh, I I believe that when God puts a desire in our hearts, um, is a discernment and a clarification of that. So sometimes the waiting can also be necessary. And knowing you in your life, I I feel that the waiting was. What, what, what was appropriate, you know, and I also believe, you know, I'm a big believer in your podcast and I believe that this is just the start for you. But with that, there's the issue of seduction because the, the danger is this. The danger is when, how do people get seduced? You see in the arts and theaters and everywhere else, somebody determines what your, um, what your dream is and then offers you a false one or life offers you something and it goes again to friendship. Where we 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 go for we we go for the fake, 
because we perhaps can't wait or don't think that we're able to get the real thing. Um, but when it comes to happiness, so part of the happiness is what the what the old spirit, you know, what's been said in the in the history of Christianity is is that prayer, that introspection, that discernment, um, you know, and, and sometimes it's patience, you know, and, and it's it's not define not defining ourselves just in, in terms of what the current culture will call success. Um, let me ask you a question, Mario, if you don't mind. When was the first time that you've come to you came to realize that pure success would not does not equal happiness? Facebook. <laughs> when I got on Facebook. Oh, what a great example. <laughs> when I got on Facebook in all sincerity. I know that there are some Instagram accounts, Instagram, Facebook, same company, whatever, is is working with um not a lot with with a way to you can disable seeing how many likes are on a post. Not on your posts, but on other people's posts. Yeah. On not be, yes. on, on being able to to not see that. And I think that that would be a huge step um, to 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 helping people uh, stopping comparison. Because I can say for myself, you know, as I've tried to build an audience, um, it's easy to, to 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 look at what other people are doing in the same space and to see how many likes they get or whatever it is, and to compare oneself and uh, and to recognize that that that's folly, you know, because I've I've hit some goals that I've set out for myself. And um, mm -hmm. and I can say that hitting those goals is is a mark, and, if, and I feel good about it. You know, for sure, I'm not I'm not going to to discredit that. But at the same time, um, it's this isn't the end all be all either. You know, I, 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 absolutely. You know, and and so and that, and one thing about goal setting, I mean, part of part of happiness is having goals. And if you are working for uh, a ministry like you are. Uh, some of the wanting to hit, you know, it, it goes back to the to the to story to the parable of talents, right? So wanting to Correct. to give a value to be able to multiply what has been entrusted to you for the sake of your employer, it, it, it can be a very virtuous and rightful thing. Uh, making a determination um, a little bit harder of um, of whether what I'm doing is a value is a little hard. It's a little harder, right? Because it's, it's hard to quantify people's lives from a subjective perspective, mm -hmm. right? I mean. But um, but yes, but for me, it's funny enough. I'll tell you when it was. I used to be probably the biggest football fanatic there ever was. <laughs> I chose my high school based on my. Well, I mean, I was um, I was five eight, hundred and sixty five pounds, very well, you know, you know, have been working out for a while. Uh, so the logic would only say that I could be possibly a college football player, maybe higher than that. And I never grew an inch after that. So, so. <laughs> five eight one sixty five as a freshman, man, this kid's. Jacked. Yeah, well, I do grow. I, I have grown. Uh, I have grown substantially in the horizontal dimension, yeah. but not the vertical. <laughs> but not the vertical dimension where I needed to grow. But you know, so. Um, but I remember in the midst of that, um, you know, I used to be a huge Miami Hurricane fan. I mean, and, and in the eighties, the Hurricanes were everything. And that you know, I mean, as a Florida I, State I'm, fan, something about something inside me just died. I want you to know that. Like it's it's time to time to stop this conversation. So okay, okay. Well, well, you know, you, you, you go ahead, go ahead, and go ahead. You can go ahead and and, and and sort out your values and priorities and let me know. Okay, but I, I used to be a very big no, but it's and they and, and as a matter of fact, it was one of the white left or white right. Yes, you uh, know, where they be. Of course, you did <laughs> white right. Yes. It was it was yeah. but the reality <laughs> is that I remember the the win. And then the season was over, mm -hmm. and that sense of and now what? Now what? Right. 
I mean, first of all, I didn't do anything. I mean, it was, I was I was completely affiliating myself to somebody who I had nothing really to do with. Right. But it's, it was a very early awareness that, you know, that just success in life is never going to be enough to bring joy. Well, Hermione, so back uh, to this her, great quote from Harry Potter. Hermione says that to, to uh, I think it's in the sixth book when Ron finally makes the Quidditch team. And she, she calls Harry out on that. She's like, well, at least my happiness isn't contingent on whether or not Ron can save goals or not. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> which is well, you exactly know. the point that you're making. And so when you, when, you know, a success of our teams or whatever, again, there's- Or our, ch- or, or our children, for many of us who are yes. older, or, or, or of our children yes. is never going to be yes. the road, is, is a relationship. You know, it's, it's that, that success of our children is never going to be the road to happiness. And you see a lot of parents- who, you know, God bless them, who somehow are so wrapped up in, in their kids' success, especially if you go watch a, uh, an athletic competition, you know? I mean, I mean, you know, if, if I had AED, I'd be bringing it out, getting ready to, to, to be ready to, to for, when, for when the dad has a heart attack because, like, their, you know, X-year-old child was not, or mom, you know, was not able to somehow perform yes. in some magical, you know, way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's important is realizing that all these success is important. It's never going to be sufficient for happiness. Right. And and I think that's a really crucial thing for me. And to the flip side of it is, and sometimes people think it's a bit much, but I, my, t- my children, who I think all of them have had struggles in certain areas in life, um, are in a good place, but um, in some big successes. And I've also told them, you know, enjoy the success for, tw- you know, enjoy the success for 24 hours or, or the failure. And then in theater, they say, you know, they say that, that you know, if you don't get a, if you don't get the part you want, you you to get a, get a pint of Ben and Jerry's or whatever <laughs> your favorite Hagen Dazs, whatever it is, and and you can swallow for twenty four hours. You have to get up and go. And I think with success, sometimes we have to be to celebrate it, but don't let it define us because then we also become very susceptible to flattery to other things that bring us down. So so then what makes kind of wrapping happy? up that what, what what does make us happy then? If it's not success in and of itself. What's the research show in terms of what are the elements that 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 lead towards happiness? So it depends whose research you look at, right? You know, where the stuff is still, you know, because the, the, because there's an issue you have. At the end of the day, happiness is subjective. So any research you look at cannot be looked at devoid of philosophy, you know, which we have already accepted. I'm not very strong in, but um, as I look in my 15 plus years being more, actually more than that, being a psychologist or being doing these things as I've lived life, experienced people, it seems that you touched, you know, that there's, you're very touched on it. It's, you know, happiness is an element of congruence, mm-hmm. of synergy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's fair to say of more positive emotions than negative emotions in our life. Yep. I mean, it's emotions important. You know, it, it's, it's, and, and you can perhaps, if you don't mind, Mark, you can give a quick blip on the difference because, of it, you know, what the person's positive emotions are, sure. negative emotions, but there's a balance in the positive side of positive emotions mm-hmm. in our lives. Um, a sense of, uh, of autonomy, of self, um, of, of autonomy, uh, of being able to, to have the freedom to make choices. I mean, you know, uh, the freedom or we, and recognize them. I'm stealing a little bit from Steve Covey here, mm-hmm. uh, being proactive. Mm-hmm. And also for the seven habits of highly successful people, right. and, and you know, to, for whoever doesn't know, what I'm talking about. But there's an element of, of, of learning how to be proactive. You know, you know, in other words, when life to use a stupid, you know, a common use. You know, when life gives you lemons, yeah, please. 
Um, but, but let him know it wasn't. It was not going to be a bad word. It was just going to be. You know, <laughs> I'll take it. Inappropriate again. censorship. Uh, okay. Take two. Yeah, take two here. No, no, no. That was I mean, cuss. All right, take two. And at one seventeen thirteen, take two. Uh, you know, no. It's it's very important. For, you know, for us to realize that a sense of self and hope, um, appropriate optimism, and and really. Um, being proactive of being able to settle, separate what it is that we have control over, what we don't have control over, and making the best out of our circumstances has so much to do. Uh, something called strategy, but really, it's it's not defining ourselves of where or where life has me now, or where I want to go. You know, Kobe talked about having the end in mind right. and beginning that process in a way that is congruent with all the areas of our lives. So for me, happiness is congruence and that's synergy, but. Um, if we understand the faith, um, is learning how to give a gift of ourselves to others also. You know, it, it comes in relationship, in a sense of belonging. Uh, I don't, I cannot foresee anybody authentically finding happiness. And and if I'm wrong, I would love to hear from you. And you're not. You know, the research is very clear. Me. We're going to talk about it just but a second. But I would love yeah. to hear it. There's nobody where you find happiness in terms of, of, of egocentrism. There is a sense of receiving love, of, of belonging. Those are of, of, of feeling that I'm capable, I'm lovable, I belong, mm-hmm. I can contribute, and eventually giving freely of oneself. But first owning the self, I, I believe it goes back to, uh, you know, what is the greatest commandment, right? Love the Lord your God with all your Amen. Here. That's it. You got heart, it. soul, strength, yep. and love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, and, and I think if we see that, 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 that goes back to the, to the very core of happiness. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Mario Sacasa. I'm taking a quick break from a conversation with Dr. Carlos Gomez to encourage you to, to stay with me on Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Mario Sacasa. We have been working hard behind the scenes to rebrand and our, all of our posts and what the Always Hope podcast is going to look and feel like, as well as our social media channels. And I'm going to be pumping some great new content. So please pray for this. It's been a, a month long, months, months long endeavor as we've been looking towards what rebranding, what the focus is going to be for our social media, as well as uh, the new content that I'm going to be creating for you there specifically on Facebook and on Instagram. So you don't want to miss it. Check it out at Dr. Mario Sacasa. Soon the rebrand will be out and all these great new videos and contents and things that we're going to be pushing on the social media channels will be there available for you as well. So a lot of great value will be there for you to help you to grow and better discernment of, of your life and where God is calling you to, as well as understanding how to make sense of suffering and the challenges that we've experienced. So a lot of the stuff that we tackle on the show, we're going to be diving deeper into uh, on the social media channels at Dr. Mario Sacasa. So please check us out there. So we've been talking about happiness in a couple contexts, you know, with regards to awareness of, of your own value set, congruence to that value set. And what are the greatest values then? Well, that that right there is the greatest good. That's why it's the first commandment. I mean, right worship of God is precisely the uh, the most important value, the highest good that, that that we can attain. But that also means then the context of relationship because our God is a God of relationship. And so part of that then is loving our neighbors as we love ourselves is is, an, is 
is on a sacramental lens. It's a sacramental language that's being conveyed there. And so belonging, community, these things are paramount to our happiness. Um, and here's, a, here's a quote that I want to read to you. So this is taken from the 2021 World Happiness Report. There's an organization that every year puts this out in terms of happiness. Gallup influences as part of this, mm-hmm. um, as well as other other uh, you know high level uh, research organizations. They yearly they put out kind of what's the state of happiness in the world and kind of compare different nations and and different questions uh, related to that. And so one of the one of the things that they said here, this is really beautiful, you know, to to the point that you're bringing up about belonging. They said trust. And the ability to count on others are major supports to life evaluations, especially in the face of crises. Here we go. This is the key. To feel that your lost wallet would be returned if found by a police officer or by a neighbor or by a stranger is estimated to be more important for happiness than income, unemployment, and major health risks. Absolutely. Isn't that incredible? All, every, <laughs> but see, everything's, everything that's true is congruent with that statement you made. As a matter of fact, be, I don't know if you can post it somewhere. I mean, I definitely would like you to send it sure. to me. Um, but I think that this is your app without a doubt. Let me repeat that. To feel that your lost wallet would be returned, the sense of that, knowing that my lost wallet, if I left my wallet out on the street and a cop would return it or a stranger would return it or a friend would return it, you know, reckon, knowing that my community is somebody who actually cares, knowing that is a greater sense of well-being and, and happiness than your income, greater indicator of happiness than your income, unemployment status, or, uh, you know, health health status. Sure. Just, why? Because why? you know because that somebody has your back. Because you know that you are in a community where there is trust. Because you know that people are going to take care of you even when something bad happens. That's why. Absolutely. Because what is money for? as a currency for for meeting needs that's it right? that's all it is uh, but knowing that and so even in family life you know um when a child's really in need i mean i've had times when i've had to be very disproportionate with one of my with the other children and the message is you need to know that sometimes dad has to authentically be there for whoever needs it the most mm-hmm. no, don't create a crisis to keep me busy you know <laughs> whatever but i mean but no i mean i mean is that sense of if i had challenges Someone would be there for me. Right. If I if I lost my job, somebody would make sure that there's, you know, I'm gonna go for the cultural for the Hispanic culture. I'd rather say, there's gonna be rice and beans sitting in my door if I need to, right? And and we and when we see even going back to Moses, it's so interesting. Talk about the commandments, you know. Um, God provides manna every day. You know, you know, give us this day our daily bread. I mean, you know, I can even look at the at the our Father as a it's a prayer for happiness. Mm-hmm. Because one of the important things is this. When when you love the Lord your God as all your, you know, with all, you know, my strength, I'm not the best biblical scholar. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is the very first thing is saying, A, there is a God. There is someone who's bigger than I am. There's absolute truth. There is goodness. There's beauty. There's, what, what are the, what, what, there's just one more. Um, truth, beauty, goodness. No, truth. Yeah, truth, goodness, beauty. beauty you know, benevolence, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there, there is something bigger than I am that can help me order my life. Most, I heard somebody one time say, most people initially care about God to the degree that they can feel, so they can come to understand themselves. So once, once we understand that, and once we understand that, or we believe uh, 
or if we don't believe, then you know. So if if we're if we're if we're if we're a Christian, but we're not seeking those goods, mm-hmm. we're not seeking that. Then we're not really we're not living a life that's ordered with Christianity. So and then comes let's take this let's make this even more practical. The the report says because this was 2021, so obviously it was looking at COVID in last year and kind of comparing countries and looking at happiness reports and how COVID impacted yeah, yeah. or affected. They were sure. able to kind of look at some corollaries between countries mm-hmm. that fared better during COVID versus countries that didn't fare better dur- during COVID. And one of, these, mm-hmm. one of the points that they're making is that countries that fared better during COVID actually were countries where people had more trust in their community and in their government compared mm. to countries that didn't have trust in their community or in their government. Wow, I mean, that's a pretty telling statement, you know. That but puts this to um, it. Yeah, well, no, no, no. With with listen, with 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 without a doubt. Um, and it, it talks about you know, and you can look at it in the. So I have a fellowship in health psychology, and we actually did uh, research in the inner cities, and is the the allostatic stress, the stress of living in a community that is that is not a well being community. Uh, but but putting all that aside, some of the things we don't, you know, I mean. Again, if you want to bring change, you know, be the change, you know, right. you know, you know, start with with you. But but when it comes to to relationship also, it, it's so important that we see, you know, what does Jesus say? I, I no longer call you slaves, but I call you friends. So the concept of friendship, the concept of relationship as a friendship is one that is not only horizontal. Um, you know, some That's of us, cool. when we work in therapy, we talk people about having even a, the relationship with the self, right? Some of us are pretty self-abusive or can be or things that get integrated. So getting to being gentle, the gentleness with the self uh, and learning how to be uh, a good friend to others. Uh, but friendship being one type of relationship, but, but there's different types of relationships and how to having, if there's a universal order. And that's why I, I love math, at least the concept of it. And, and I have kids who are really good at it. So it's, it's nice to see when they do that, how math shows there's order to everything. You know, and so we get to hop on that order bus or that order train and, and bring order in our lives. So I, I, I believe that um, when we look at our relationships, I mean, uh, the, the reality is that everything we talk about happiness, when you look at a pandemic, we're looking at isolation mm-hmm. in our country. A lot of social unrest. Yep. We're a lot of mistrust about of news. A lot news, of mistrust. Yep. Uh, and also... Uh, the ugly side that doesn't get enough in the news, which is the level of substance abuse, right. abuse, and other things that have been coming down with it. Uh, a lot of your listeners may have had the experience where they had a lot of friends and then, um, you know, and then things I've seen to build up about, you know, they everybody went to, into lockdown and then people started creating their COVID bubbles. Mm-hmm. And perhaps they were not included in or invited into that COVID bu- right. bubble. You know, and in, in my family, we had the opposite. We were invited to a COVID bubble and we chose not to be part of the COVID bubble because we had other concerns. Mm-hmm. But even we had to do some friendship repair afterwards in that because it was kind of like, you know, where, but there's people who did, were not, who all these great friends they had, the party, this, all this stuff, they ended up either not being part, of, not either not being part of the COVID bubble in the, the more responsible people. And we are those who just decided to disregard everything that's going on because of that need. And, and, and I'm not judging here because the need, to belong and have connections very, very high. But sadly, as we, it looks like we may be going into it, we are deeply in another wave of COVID. And I am vaccinated. And once again, we're in, I, yesterday for the first time, I put on a mask to go somewhere. Um, it was, it was a very emotionally troubling thing for me because I, you know, um, but as we deal with whatever's happening now, 
what do we do with our friendships? And how do we take this time as an opportunity to prepare for, you know, to live the time and prepare for the fact that this will not last forever? So one more quote I want to throw out at you in terms of the importance of friendship and related to happiness. This is from um, a blog that you sent to me uh, late last night. Uh, it, it says, uh, <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Insomnia is not good for your happiness. So from the, the happiness project, uh, blog here, yeah, it says, I, I love, you're 15.3% yeah. more likely to be happy. If a person directly connected to you is happy, happiness is yes. indeed viral. And so there's a sense yes. of having to surround ourselves with positive influences. You know, your parents used to tell you, you know, you are who you hang out with type of thing. I mean, it, there's mm -hmm. a lot of truth in that because we are these social creatures. And so as we've been talking about- And, and, and you and you don't tell your kids that now? Uh, uh, no, I don't know. I, guess I, don't, I, I do. Say, I, do. I, I, I do. I live in the Latin world. I say it differently, but I, but I say the same thing. You know, like you have to, part, part, of, part of when we talk about social um, awareness or um, being socially, what's the word? Not socially awkward. That's what I always accuse um, homeschoolers of being. It's- it, it's uh, it's it's not so much that it's just about knowing how to engage socially, but it's also knowing who not to engage with socially is a skill that one needs to learn in life. Um, so you got to know who, yes. how to make friends is a piece, but knowing who to not make friends with is equally a skill okay. that you need to learn. So so two things there. One of them is in Spanish, and I'll use a term. Is, Dime con quien andas y te diré quién eres. Mm -hmm. Tell mm -hmm. me who you hang out with, and I'll tell you who you yeah. are. And in my, in the, having formerly homeschooled kids, it's interesting. It's truth, but there, but there's, but there's two sides to that. See, this is the, this is the hard thing. You know, I also encourage my children to be sure to have encounters with people who are different than they are. Of course. And to, and, and to give them much, no, but, but we've, we've done this, like actually when we traveled, you know, I've actually have said, if you want to travel outside where are, all right, maybe on other kids, your job is to find someone who's very different than you are. But but here's but here's a part of the difference there is. It's the difference with who you may hang out with at school or the workplace or whoever you have those relationships with and who you spend time with outside, who you, if you're in a protected environment, it's a very safe place to explore. But as you go into, because if we take it too much, then, you know, we have prejudices and other things, stereotypes that will keep us from meeting great people, you know? Um, but the, so the reality is not so is is coming to understand what are my values and how to discern. So one of the things I tell my kids, um, which I learned from a, from a great priest, is after you're done having interaction, ask yourself: Do I have an aftertaste or an afterglow? How do I feel about myself? You know, I mean, does you know? And and then the question, of course, is why? I mean, it may it may be that there's something that I need to look at myself, but but if something doesn't feel right. Or let's, or something you know in a French doesn't feel right. Uh, it's it's okay to delay it for another day or two. It's okay to to begin to hone in those instincts, because we we now know that there's a whole. Um, I'll show you about this. So I said I still have late to study part of it, um, but I mean I was you know talking about the whole gut brain now axis. If your gut is not feeling well, there may be some stuff going on that you know. In other words, I tell my kids is don't. Don't rush into anything. If you feel rushed, the answer is no. Right. Because you, there's a need to process. So you come in that, 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 that awareness, um, I think is important. But but the question is, how do we without because we're called to love everybody, right? We're not to some degree. We're we're not we're called to to love because 
everybody is the people of God and we are called to love the neighbor. Right. And so who is my neighbor? You know, everybody's my neighbor to some degree. But the question is this, how do I appropriately not throw pearls to the swine, you know, to the swine? So do I appropriately look at my life so that I am not, that my love for somebody else is not inconsistent with the first time I love to God and second to my love of self. So how do I interact with others in that sense of belonging? And how do I deal with times when there may not be anybody apparently to connect with? Right. So that's all the which is part of it. Yes. So where do you want to go? Tell me. All right. So where do we want to go? Okay. We're talking about different levels of friendship and, uh, and kind of engagement and kind of assessing how to, how to know where we belong and recognizing that you're kind of hinting at it already in terms of like that not all friends are true friends. And, uh, and that's okay. It's okay to have certain gradations or-, or I would say very few friends. Very few friends are true friends. No, no. And if you have an ordered relationship life, you, the reality is there's very, there's, there's very little space for us to have um, so, very deep So back, back to the so, happiness project. And, and, and I know there's a lot of different ways of being able to talk about it. Um, but I think this is helpful in terms of just looking at four different categories of, of friendships. Yes. Um, we have acquaintances. Um, and those are people who, you know, we just kind of chit chat with, uh, water cooler talk. Maybe some of our neighbors are just kind of there. People that we run into at the gym that we just kind of interact with, um, which kind of goes into a little bit of kind of a casual friendship here as well. Um, you share a little bit. Maybe there's a couple people at the gym that you just kind of, hey, what's going on? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm working out with this person. We're chatting just a little bit. And that can go into maybe more like a work friends, or I think the word that they're using here is um, agenic, um, like agency. And I don't know if I really like that term, but but like work work friends, pragmatic friends, you know, people that you hang out with or- uh, Or we're talking about utility. Utility, that's you know, a word. That's our, a word our, you, our, our saw would have called the utility friendship. Yeah, I like yeah. that term better. Yeah, the utility friendship it is, is people who- um, you work with, uh, you hang out with, maybe you're, you're on a softball team with, and, and there are people that you're hanging out with, but that genuinely it's, it's just about the utility of the moment. So whether it's just the friendship's really about what you guys do at work or the friendships that centers the topic of conversation centers around what you do around, um, you know, and then I think this is what Facebook groups tend to, to, to lean towards, which again, isn't bad. But you want to have a, a social network of people that are centered around a certain common interest. Those would be friends of utility, is what I would say. And Facebook book or or or, or, friends, or, but, or or the other one could be, um, you know, I forgot it, or 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 sensuality. Yeah. That's not the pleasure. word that, that, that pleasure? Pleasure. Oh, pleasure, right? You know, and and, and, and these two things are good and important. I mean, and the pleasure could just be people you just enjoy being, you just enjoy hanging out with. You know, a lot of a lot of guys, you know, you sit around having a beer with somebody, right. you know, uh, or like dads hanging out together and, you know, just hanging out while the kids are doing something. It can be enjoyable. It can be fun. Watch, watching a sports game together, watching something together. Um, even, you know, you can even talk about like playing sports, you know. I mean, sports can be both utility because you can't play baseball by yourself. Um, <laughs> you can't but, do that you by know, yourself. But part of it could also be that it's just enjoyable. You know, you enjoy doing it. And if the, one of the people are gone or something or get replaced, you, you might miss them, but you, you know, but the, the, the reciprocity is also the issue of reciprocity, right? Sometimes people think that. Well, I think it's the level there's of depth, a imbalance. depth of intimacy. Right, but, but there can yeah. be imbalance. Many times, um, people, some of your listeners may call somebody a good friend when it was just uh, an acquaintance, right. you know, where, 
or as I guess what the generation I used to, uh, uh, the friend group. You know, people in your friend group may not necessarily be your close friend. They just happen to be part of that group of people who does stuff yeah. together. And there's nothing wrong there's about nothing that. There's nothing wrong with all. that. You know, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because we need these kind of levels of, of friendship because the truth is then when we get to the, the, the most, the, the deepest level as a true friend, um, it's a very few people. I mean, very, very, very few people that that you open up to that level of friendship with. I mean, you, you don't you don't have to uh, give all your pearls, so to speak, you know, to the swine, as you we were saying earlier. Um, so you really have to be cautious about who who uh, your closest friends are um, versus who's just kind of a, a social friendship or or a casual one or a uti- friend friend of utility. So I, I, I would add one more thing to that via my Mario, you know, and, and part of this, now that's where personality comes back, mm-hmm. okay? Like some people try to live their life like an open book. That's one of my goals. Increasingly you have more of where, you know, which is why I, I want to do the podcast now, which I wouldn't have, you know, the first one took a lot, you know, where, um, you know, it, it, the question is not just how much you share, but A, how much do they want you to share with them, but also, you know, TMI, but also <laughs> on the flip side, more important, how much, uh, of you are you comfortable putting out there for the benefit of somebody else or for the benefit of good without expecting any reciprocity mm-hmm. so i think with these the, the reciprocity expectation is important you know and it's not like it's not the the you know the boyfriend girlfriend who every week have to define the relationship that's not it either but i mean right. there has to be an awareness you know what is what kind of friend is this you know and what are fair expectations and the reality is all friendships begin at this level, including with family. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have an, you can have a sibling who's an acquaintance, you know, bec- but it's- Well, I think the research supports that, says that, you know, actually yeah, living in proximity to your friends is actually healthier, true friends, true friends, living in close proximity to your true friends is uh, is healthier, does more for your health than even living closer to your family. If your family or is no, right, or, or Or when it comes to happiness, which is kind of disturbing, the research is showing, and I haven't looked at the, at the studies, you know, so I'm, I'm looking at secondary, tertiary, that friend, that friendships actually have a higher impact on friendship than actual family does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you get into the adult into the adult life. So these are all, but it's very important. That's right. That's right. And so the last thing I'll say here before we kind of move on just this is in terms of assessing a relationship is really, and this is the attachment theorist in me, of course, is that um, the attachment response gets activated in moments of trial. And it is in moments of difficulty and moments of crises that will make or break certain friendships. And, yes. and I've heard this repeatedly from, from folks, you know, throughout this pandemic has been, I've been surprised, a comment, something more or less like this that I've heard repeatedly has been, I've been surprised throughout this whole process who my real friends are and who my real friends aren't. And, and, and it's moments like this that, that really push that to, when push comes to shove, who's got your back? Well, sometimes you don't know that until push comes to shove. And so it is it is in those moments, in those trials, that uh, true friendships will emerge, um, that those are people then that you know who are going to have your back, who you're going to love, who you can be honest with. And the people who don't stick around um, or don't understand it are, are the people who aren't going to be, you know, lifelong friends. So, and we, and, and, the, and here's a challenge for all people listening. A lot of people have had this very painful experience that the moment of trial has been the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and there's a joy of finding that person who you didn't think cared about you, who's showing up and making sure you're okay. And that becomes a great opportunity to grow and to look at it. And maybe someone who doesn't share 
let's say your faith goals, but somehow there's other values there in that process that you see are connected. Um, but I th the other thing is to realize that the whole idea of, um, you know, it's opium forge. Um, during times of trial, the blessing is that we get to we get to figure out how many will truly come through. So it's painful to see who really is not your friend. It's painful to see who maybe appreciates you for the moment. And then, but it's also so joyful when you find that when when a friendship has survived the trial. Yes. So beautiful or, movie that or, I want to reference here real quick, yeah. you know, as you're talking about is a movie Chris and I just watched recently. It's called Our Friend. It has um, Casey Affleck. Um, oh, gosh, what's his? I forget his name right now. Anyway, Jason Siegel and uh, Dakota Johnson, I think, are the three leads. Beautiful movie based on a true story of a woman who gets cancer um, from Fairhope, Alabama, not far here from Louisiana. And her husband, who's Casey Affleck, he's a professional writer. So it goes in and out of the trials of their relationship. But but um, the central premise of the movie is that their friend, their closest friend, Jason Siegel, Siegel's character, moves in with them and helps to take care of the family and her while she's dealing with cancer and while he's you know working and stuff. So it, it in the beautiful... It's a, it, the, the trailer itself is spectacular. You can just watch that and not have to watch the whole movie. The, the movie is really beautiful <laughs> in, that, in that it really – it says in terms – like because it's like two years that he moves in with them. And so people – he gets criticized from both sides. So like the family is criticizing that the friend is living with them because they think he's like a freeloader. And the family has to defend that. They're like, I, you, I mean, words can't describe how much he's doing. I'm not going to charge him for every – like I can't even articulate everything that he's doing to take care of us. But then similarly, the friend has to defend himself to his girlfriend and to his friend groups because they're like, why don't you move on? Why isn't it time to move on? He's like, I can't move on. Like, I, they need me. And so, like, they, he pretty much stops his life for two years to take care of his friends as his wife is dying, as she's dying, you know, of cancer. And it's, it's I mean, it's, it's, a, it's beautiful. It's a gut-wrenching movie. It's, it's, it's hard to watch. But, uh, but at the same time, it's, it's incredibly beautiful when we talk about this is – this is the home or like the, the paramount or the, the, the pinnacle of what a, of a friend could be is uh, is being epitomized here in, in this movie. Um, so, Mario, let me ask you a question, because if somebody listening to this and saying, you know what? If I follow what you guys are saying, then I don't have any friends. What would you have to say to that person? I would say um, identify a couple people in your life who you feel like you can take that next level with. And and be willing to take a risk and uh, open up and 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 it's about it's a two way street. So it's like you're saying in terms of one is knowing yourself um, and knowing where you operate, but then knowing your friend also and being willing to take a risk to to meet them where they're at. And so that means, you know, you think of something like the five love languages, which helps. I know has helped many marriages. Um, and I know there's no science necessarily approves that, but nevertheless, the, the, the concept is something that is beneficial. There's no science, but there's but evidence. evidence. It's there's helped a, a lot of marriages. Exactly. It's, it's helped a lot of marriages. It's, so it's subjective evidence. So a lot of, so a lot of evidence. Yeah. But, but, you know, it, the concept remains, and I think it applies also to friendship, is that if you know more or less how your friend kind of receives um, um, that sense of respect or admiration or, or, or uh, companionship, then, then you want to meet your friend at that level. Uh, and so uh, knowing what those things are and then making a gift of yourself, you know, based on what that is. So 
I think that that's um, certainly um, what we're speaking about here. Well, you know, Carlos, I really appreciate, obviously, you coming on the show and sharing all these wonderful things about friendship. Thank you certainly for your own friendship and, and the gift that's been in my own life. Obviously, that is an understatement here of how I can say this. But I think I really just want to wrap up by encouraging people, you know, that if if, if they're listening to this and they're, they're assessing their own friendships, um, really take it to prayer and, and ask the Lord to, to reveal where um, they can kind of go deeper with certain friends and allowing for opportunities to present themselves to go deeper. And if they do have good friends, then communicating that and, and acknowledging that and recognizing that expressing your gratitude for your friends from time to time, I think is absolutely important. Um, so, you know, it's been a long conversation, but it's been a great one. Um, so any, any, any final thoughts, Carlos, you'd like to offer before we wrap up? Um, no, just just thank you and uh, for the conversation. It's been insightful for me, and hopefully, um, you know. And, and you know, the important thing is to remember that it that God will provide. You know, God will provide the guidance, and if we are if we're seeking the truth and seeking those friendships, uh, to never forget to keep those principles first, and to if we if we are in a situation where we're not lacking friends, to to look at that sadness and embrace it. Uh, as an indication of seeking the good, um, and, and there's a lot of good resources uh, about friendship to, to look further into. But ultimately, like I say, if you want to have a good friend, start by being one. Amen. Great, great, great way to wrap this thing up. All right, Carlos. God bless you, man. Have a good day. You care, Mark. God bless. All right, folks. Well, I appreciate so much that you guys stuck around and listened to this episode. I know we kind of wandered in and out about community and friendship and happiness and I don't even know how many movies we quoted in this film, in this uh, in this episode. But one of the things that I just really want to talk to talk about right now is that I actually, you know, recorded this episode about a, a month or so ago. And then here I find myself editing it in Tallahassee, Florida. And the reason is because I'm currently displaced from Hurricane Ida. And I didn't realize that the things that we would be talking about in this episode would actually come to such great fruition for me personally right now. That the things I've said about the need for community and the need for friendship and drawing on those things in the difficult moments and needing that foundation to get us through these things. Well, honestly, this is really what's happening in my life right now. And so I really just wanted to share uh, really beautifully, just kind of quickly rather, Couple, couple people, couple things that I really need to thank right now. Well, first and foremost, I want to thank my in-laws who have been incredibly grateful, Bill and Patty Alford, who have opened their homes up to us and allowing us to, me and my family, to be able to stay in their house for a couple weeks while we're waiting for infrastructure and things to kind of get back up and rolling in the New Orleans metro area. So I'm incredibly grateful for my in-laws who have been so generous to us in the midst of this. So I please ask you just to pray for them. And in, in, for me, please, as, as, as we thank them tremendously for what they've allowed us to be able to accomplish. And then also, I want to thank Paul Malley and the staff at Aging with Dignity. Paul is a friend of mine, and, and I called him while we moved here, when we, when we came here, just to be able to say, hey, do you have every empty office space that I can be able to continue to do my work? And he said, yeah, man, come on by. And so I've been very grateful for the hospitality of Aging with Dignity and Paul Malley specifically, who has opened up this office that I've been able to still work out of, because if not, I'd still be at my in-law's house trying to do counseling sessions as well as podcasting. Can't do all of that when there's kids running around and you're in kind of close, cramped spaces. So I can't thank enough um, Paul Malley and the crew here at Aging with Dignity. 
So I really just wanted to pass that along to you listeners to please join me in, in praying for them and thanking them also that we can continue to, to produce this show even in the midst of uh, hurricane aftermaths and being displaced. And so really this is just an actualization of the themes that we discussed in this particular episode. What is it that makes us happy? It's it's the people who are closest to us. It's our values, it's God, it's being connected with the Lord and, and trying to live in accordance with those principles. And that the more that we ascribe to those principles and in, in, the, in the time that we invest in it, then you see the fruits of that in moments like this. And that's what's made me the most humbled, um, quite honestly, is that we're grateful for the friendships that we've been able to form, grateful for the community that has supported us in the midst of these difficulties, and just grateful to know that even in these challenges, we can still find peace and, and joy and happiness. So God bless you. Thank you guys for, for sticking with me. Um, we got another episode coming in a couple weeks. And uh, God bless you all and be good. Mm-hmm.